Okay, good morning, good morning. How's everybody? We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, and so uh, I just want to say to you all, before we get started, welcome. And, and uh, to those that may be visiting, if we have any, uh, and it, I may be the visitor. Uh, been gone two weeks. Uh, but it is truly good to be back in the house of the Lord, and it is truly good to be back in you all's presence. Um, we're going to pick up on lesson 12 this week, or week 12. Um, but before we get started, let's go to God in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time, and we are truly thankful to be able to come here to this place and to give you the worship that you so truly deserve. We're more thankful, Father, that you thought enough of each and every one of us, that you woke us up this morning to see a brand new day and to give us the health and the strength that we are experiencing to be able to come out and to worship you in spirit and in truth. As we prepare to open up your word and to look at it, we pray, Father, that you would just Heighten those things that you would have us to know and that we would be able to extract from your word and apply it to our lives that we will be better Christians going forward than we have been in the past. Father, we know that we are not perfect. And, and so we ask that you would just consider those sins that we may have, consi- uh, we may have uh, done in word, thought or deed, knowing and unknowing. And we ask that you will forgive us, throw them into the sea of forgiveness, never to hold it against us in that day. And we just pray, Father, for those that may be en route, that you'll give them a safe passage. And we ask this prayer and all other prayers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Okay, so this morning we're going to be in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, and we will be looking at verses uh, 6 through 11. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just a, a fan of props. And so this morning I brought a prop for you uh, and it's a shepherd's staff. Uh, so for those of you who are familiar, and I suspect that would be all of you, uh, the shepherds, they, they use these staffs for a number of reasons. It was to, uh, one was for protection, one was to guide the sheep when they go astray. Uh, then there was times when uh, there was uh, the counting and the inspection of the sheep. The sheep had to go up under the staff and they used it to count them and to in- inspect them for injuries and so forth. And then last but not least, it was used for support for when the shepherds had to stand for a period of time. This came in handy and it'll probably come in handy for me today because too little sleep and too much coffee has me very wobbly this morning. Okay, so just keep that in mind if I stumble a little bit. But but uh, let's let's jump in the lesson and let's see what we can extract from the word of God today from this lesson. So just a kind of a. uh, a uh, recap, if you will, as we as we move toward uh, verse six, I just kind of want to remind you over there, the chief shepherd over in verse four, that being Jesus, 
And then our job is to walk or to work toward that uh, reward one day, which is a crown. Uh, and in that day and time, they were seeking a wreath. Okay. And it, it speaks to the, uh, well, uh, the award they received back then. Remember, this is uh, where they were having the Olympia, Olympia Games and so forth, and they would receive a, a, a wreath. That was their crown. But we're, we're, we're after another crown. And so as children of God, we are walking uh, toward our reward, hopefully. And then last but not least, uh, let's look at verse uh, 5. And let me get my Bible out. If you beat me to 1 Peter 5, you can jump in and start reading. Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Jack. I appreciate that. And, and, and so the piece that I want to pull from that passage right there is he, he's talking to um, a number of people. And, and let's just keep in mind on the recap. Peter had already written about submission, which is what we're talking about today. In, in uh, uh, chapter two, he talked about Submitting to the government. Also in chapter 2, he talked to the slaves submitting to their masters. In chapter 3, he talked about the wives submitting to their husbands. And here now we're talking to the younger folk and them submitting to their elders. And so when you consider this, um, he's talking about clothing yourselves with humility and, he, you know, it says if we're talking, he's talking about putting humility on just like we put on clothing. And so we want to cover ourselves with humility. And we'll talk a little bit here about it, what humility is in a minute. But the reality is he wants us to be able to, to don this humility in such a way where it's not only visible to those who are looking at us, but that our inner actions and our inner thoughts also speaks to and about who we serve, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so clothing yourselves with humility. And when you consider that statement, that's that's a mouthful. I can spend some time on it, but I don't have a whole lot. So but when you consider that, just consider those of us in here and our roles in life. You know, when you come into the church in, or in any capacity and you have to submit yourself to someone. Submission, it basically means place yourself under the authority of another. So if we're going to place ourselves under the authority of the elders here at this location and in the church, we're going to have to drop some stuff. Because... Some of you were CEOs of your organization. Some of you were presidents of this, that, and another organization, chiefs of fire departments, and, 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 and you know your roles and, and everything that you play. And to come in here and to place yourself under the authority of another when you have been the authority in some of your environments. That's an that's a, that's a undertaking for some people. 
Because I'll be doggone, he ain't going to talk to me like that. And, and some other things that we come up with when we consider placing ourselves under the authority of someone else. So this here right here, I mean, it just jumps out at, at me right away. And, and uh, you know, as, as, as the husband and the head of my house, you know, and it, that, that's a whole nother pathway of, of, of conversation right there. When you start talking about your role over here and then my role at work and then coming in and taking direction from elsewhere, you know, it's, it can be a task, okay? And so he, put, he gives us this. And really, to be honest with you, when you consider this, it's really a confession, you know, that God is truly in control. I'm not placing myself under another man in the sense that he's, he's uh, how can I put that? He's controlling me. The reality is, is God is truly in control. And so when we place ourselves under the submission of our elders and, and, and the others uh, in the capacities that we're in, we're really trusting God, that God has our best interests and he's going to take care of us regardless of where, where we're at and what we are involved with. Is that all right? Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's look at verse uh, six. I mean, uh, seven. Um, Jack touched on verse seven there. And so let me move over there. And then also let me let me just touch on another part in that in that passage. He says under the mighty hand of God. Okay, and that's a mouthful as well. Um, when you consider who we are, when you consider who we are, and then you consider who God is, you know, God is ultimately going to have his way, whether we want to acknowledge that or not. He's going to have his way, but he's, he's, he's uh, making it plain to us right now. We have an option to either obey him and fall in line and do things according to his will, or he he can also um, he can get it, he can get the job accomplished his way as well. But he prefers that we would do it uh, willingly. Okay, and 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 a good example of that is over there in Exodus uh, chapter thirteen. Um, the Bible says there that it was with a strong hand. That God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so we have many examples for us in the Bible where God has, you know, used this, this metaphor, his hand, to accomplish his will. And so right here he's saying we need to submit or bow ourselves down, do his will, and do it as in under the hand of God and not the individual elders, if you will, okay? But that also speaks to the elders' role, too. That carries a lot of responsibility on the elders as well. And so God's expectation is that we will be more than passive in our role. We will become active participants in our walk and in the work at, in his kingdom, and I probably need to start moving this. 
So let's let, let's uh, let me, before I go any further, and I'm a little behind here. It's been two weeks, you all. So just bear with me. So let's let's do this. Let's uh, Jack read uh, one passage. I'm gonna read both of them. Uh, I mean all of them. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He goes on, he says, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so right away we've already talked about um, casting, I mean, uh, humbling ourselves um, and so what I also want to do is, based on this uh, presentation, is give you some ways and some things that we can consider when we consider uh, what that passage means to us. And it's talking about uh, our first defense against the devil is humility, and that's humbling yourself. And we've already talked about that already, okay? And then also the devil loves it when we are prideful because the Bible tells us that pride goes before the destruction, before the fall. You can read that over there in Proverbs 16. But we all know that pride comes before the fall. OK, and so we're encouraged to not be so prideful and arrogant in our ways, but to be able to humble ourselves in such a way that God can use us. Others can see it. And that we can be, uh, we can grow spiritually. So when we're humble enough to know we cannot do it ourselves, God is able to protect us by his powerful, uh, mighty, all-powerful hand. And I think we've uh, touched enough on that. Um, but, the, you know, and he says that at the end, too, of that passage is, that if we do so, we will be exalted. And the pathway to exaltation is submission. And that's, you know, I, I, as I, I read through these uh, passages myself, as I'm going through this teaching, this class, you know, I'm realizing some things a little bit deeper, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm also learning what not to ask for anymore in the future. Um, because you just may get it, okay? Um, so, I just want to leave that with you. Um, but let's look at the next passage. Verse 7, he says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so our second defense against the devil is to stop stressing. Casting all your anxieties on God. That Greek word is marimma. Marimna, and it's talking about our anxieties, our worries, our concerns. And really, where we are challenged here is we're challenged to truly trust God. 
You know, we say a lot of things about how we believe in God and how we trust him and we have faith. And and it's easily spoken until the fires turn up. And then our faith is truly tested. You know, it's easy to trust God when all things are going well in our lives. But consider this. God, too, has to find out what kind of return he has on his investment. So occasionally we have to go through some fire. We may not. I I can tell you this. I don't like it. I don't invite it. But I have a better understanding today now more so than I had even if I just said a few months ago. I have a better understanding of why we must suffer. I used to think I was a big old tough guy. But these last few months have shown me I'm just a crybaby sometimes. Okay? Because when, when, he, when he, you know, and, and let's, let's be mindful. We've been talking about suffering and persecution and everything. Uh, sometimes we bring it on ourselves. But then there are times when God allows it. And I just want you to keep in mind the uh, book of, uh, over there with Job. You know, he allowed the devil to uh, to uh, to touch, not touch Job, but to afflict him. And just as he did it there, he'll do it with us because he has to find out what he has in us. Are we going to be faithful and loyal to God only when things are going good, when he's pouring out all his blessings on us? Or can we stand up and be faithful in, in, the, in the sight of the madness and the, and the stress and the persecutions that we experience in life? And, and those could be, those are varied, trust me. We're not just talking about per, being persecuted for wearing the name of Jesus Christ. We're talking about health issues. We're talking about financial issues. We're talking about rejection. When friends reject you because of who you are, they no longer invite you to the parties and the get-togethers anymore because you no longer, you know, throw them back like you used to or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's a, it's a plethora of things that we are up against when we put uh, we become immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. And so he's he's just touching on a few of them and so what we what we also can draw from this passage is God is concerned with us as well. He's concerned with us and the things that we are doing. He hasn't turned his back on us. Okay? But he in his own way he's letting us know he he also will let us know that he truly does care for us and that he will deliver us. He will comfort and strengthen us. Okay. And so during his earthly ministry, Jesus promised, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And, 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 and you know what I draw from this passage right here is Jesus promised. Okay. The Bible tells us in Titus 1 and 2, God who could not lie from the beginning of time. So he cannot lie. If we believe that, if we trust him, we got to know that he cannot lie. He, he knows what we're going through. Sometimes he even allows us to go through certain things. But he got us. If we'll, if we'll hold up, if we'll endure as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Okay. And so 
We have passage here uh, that you all can jot down and you can read later. But as I look at the clock, time is quickly getting away from me. And so I'm going to keep moving, okay? And so uh, Jesus said, come to me, which speaks of a personal connection with our Savior. And so uh, Peter is echoing Jesus' promise, uh, which I just talked about. And the key to stop stressing is profound trust in Jesus. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's, you know, and I want you to think about it from this perspective. You, you, you know, when you're having conversation with friends and family and so forth, and even somebody who has done you wrong, not to say that Jesus has done us any wrong, anything. But when you start talking about putting your trust in someone, that can be a task sometimes. If you're an individual who have been um, lied to or or things didn't always turn out the way you expected or mistreated or whatever in the past, you can be, you can, you can, there are individuals who find it extremely hard to trust others. Now we are asked to trust someone we can't see. And so this here really is or can be stressful but it also encourages us to build and develop that relationship. Okay? So keep that in mind um, as we move forward. So next passage, verse 8. We don't have a whole lot of verses this week. And I said, man, I'm going to be able to get them back a lot of time. But, 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 but these, these short verses that we're looking at today, they are, it's like eating neck bones. It's a lot of meat in there, okay? And, and, and so if, if, uh, if you think we're going to fly through this, we got a lot of conversation with these couple of verses, or at least I was able to get a lot from just these few verses, and I'm hopeful that you all can as well. And so here, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil... Prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And so, you know, what we know for a fact is the devil is defeated. You know, I tell my brother, you know, all the time we talk, I say to him, man, you, you know, my biggest thing is, is I say to him, man, the devil is relentless. Because he keeps on coming. Every time we think we can rest, boom, here he comes with something else. And my brother always responds with, no matter how many times I say it, he'll come back and say, yeah, but he's defeated. And, and you know, and coming from my brother, uh, and you all know my brother and his, and his uh, struggles or travels, his journeys thus far uh, here recently, you know, that, that does nothing but lift me up. You know, he, he's running like a new man. I'm calling him the running man now uh, based on everything that he's gone through. But he's, he's a living example to me. And, and this stuff just comes out even more. He, the devil is defeated. He's a liar, the Bible tells us. He's the father of lies. So we can't believe him. I mean, and, and if we would, you know, here's what I'm learning. If we would lean on the Lord, he would, the more we lean on the Lord, the more he reveals how much of a liar the devil really is because he even takes the devil's own tools against us and he uses them to benefit us, to benefit us. 
However, the devil has not yet surrendered. And that's what I'm talking about. He's relentless. So he is still our adversary. And he's determined to steal as many souls as he possibly can before he is thrown into hell. And, 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 and that is one of those deals where you know people uh, who know they have lost and know, you know, the end and they want you to join them. And so they fight hard to pull you in and everything. And the devil is no different. He's doing that. And so we have to be mindful, okay? And I got, you know, if I went through all of my notes, we would be here until this evening. Okay? But I have to, uh, I have to, uh, you know, kind of streamline them and everything so that I can stay within time. But, but let's, let's continue to keep on moving. Um, it's, he, he goes on, he says, be sober-minded. And, you know, a lot of times when I used to, would, I would uh, read this particular verse right here. You know, obviously, I'm thinking from my perspective, from a worldly perspective, be sober-minded. And so I'm thinking from a drinking perspective. Uh, perspective or, or being intoxicated but the Bible here is talking about being in control okay being in control now those are the things that can take us out of control what I mentioned but he's talking about being in control right here self-control and there's a passage there first uh, Thessalonians that gives us a great example uh, for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk are drunk at night but since we belong to the day let us be sober. Let us be sober. And then also, uh, it, it, the contrast is between a mind that is clouded with worldly distractions versus a mind that is clear and able to focus on the things that truly matter. You know, and, and, and that says a whole lot because think about it from this perspective. What at this point in, in my life and, and for you at this point in your life, what truly matters? Is it important that I make all of those events? Is it important that I'm in the middle of the crowd? As I used to say, to pee in the party. It's not that important anymore. Those, those individuals and those activities that, that the you know, we talked about this early in the earlier passage about living righteously. And the, part, the Bible mentions it, uh, uh, the, uh, the orgy, living, the living righteous, the banqueting and so forth. None of that really matters anymore when you really get down to the grassroots. What really matters is where am I headed? And we say that our home is not here. Our home, we, we, we are the aliens and the strangers. We are passing through. We are strangers to the individuals who are sold out that this is their world and this is their home. We, we don't have no you know, interactions with all of that. Our home is in heaven. That's where our goal is. And so we need to be about heavenly things. We need to be about the Lord's business and his work. Okay. And then he goes on. He says, if you were to step outside of yourself, here's, here's something for you to consider. And observe your actions for one week. What would you conclude is, is valuable to you? 
And that's so I guess that's some homework for us this week. For the next week, I want you to just try as much as you can to step outside of yourself and consider this. What is truly valuable to you? What is your intentions, your goal and so forth? And, you know, this uh, was taken from uh, a quote from a certain hope for uncertain times by Glenn Newton. But I, but you know what? That is that is so relevant right now with what we're talking about. What is what what truly matters to you? Something to think about. A little homework. OK. All right. And so the next one, our fourth defense against the devil is getting busy. Be watchful. Vigilant. And I have a hat that I wear. I was going to wear it in here with my with my rod, you know, um, about being vigilant. Uh, but it's a I, I didn't want to bring too much. OK. And so but but you know what? As a shepherd. Looking over the flock and consider who the flock is. God's people. OK, so he holds that in high esteem. But. Looking out over the flock, you, you know, you can't take your eyes off of God's, uh, God's flock. Because remember, there's bears and tigers and lions and bears. Oh, no. There's a lot of things out there that want the sheep and, 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 um, and is after them as well. And so our fourth defense against the devil is to be watchful. And just as I stated earlier, we have no room to rest where the devil is concerned, because he is re- he's relentless. He doesn't give up. And so um, and, and I, when I think about this passage right here, I think about those sheep. And I want you to envision for a little bit. You got a you got a flock of sheep out there in the field grazing on a sunny, sunny afternoon. You know, you can get sleepy. OK, especially after lunch. If y'all know, if you've been there and guess what, you, your head can get heavy. But just as they the, the wolves are watching to separate the weak, the young from the pack, they also watching when you sleep. OK, they are slick, you know, and, 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 and so the devil is slick. He's watching. And, and he uses these opportunities when we are going through suffering, when we're going through persecution, when friends reject us and, 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 and we have some rough patches in life, as all of us will, because we are all going into, going through or coming out of a situation. And the devil is watchful because he's trying to catch us. When we are weak, so that he can ensnare one of us. And that's when our faith is going to truly be challenged. And so here we see in the passage where even Jesus said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. He goes on, he says, the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Okay. And so no matter how healthy and strong and that we may think we are, the flesh does get weak. 
And the devil knows that. And so he's standing watch as well, okay? So we have to be mindful. We got to be watchful. And then, um, and, and also here's a couple, and now I'm going to my other notes. Because it talks about it over there, and I've already mentioned it. Uh, Job, uh, he's always prowling. And right here I have in my notes, in a season of per uh, persecution was, is just a perfect time for the devil to pick off one of the sheep. So we have to be mindful at all times, okay? So keep that in mind, and I'm going to sit that down for now. I got too many things to work with up here. And so the idea seems to be living in the present with eyes focused on eternity. That's, our, that's, that's us. We're always focused on eternity, uh, prioritizing spiritual things like prayer, Bible study, sacrificial love, benevolence, worship, and fellowship. Only makes sense if there's life after death and we have a home in heaven. And I can say this too, you know, um, the importance of fellowship. You know, I am... I am I'm impressed with the love that has been shown to me, you know, through through the last couple of months. You know, everybody, you know, or not everybody, but some of you know that the struggles that I've been enduring. Uh, but but the church here has truly embraced me, my circumstance, situations, the phone calls, the cars, the, the prayers and everything. And I'm certainly grateful and thank you. Uh, but but when you consider the Bible and we'll touch on it here in a minute there, I'm not the only one going through things. The Bible talks about there's a brotherhood of folk who are suffering around the world. It was in that day and time. It is the case here today. And, and as I can stand here, I'm not the only one going through something. Um, but 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 this family right here. It's, it matters. It matters when folk call you and say, Brother Campbell, man, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I uh, understand, you know, I don't understand fully, but I, I, I got an idea. And just words of comfort. It means a whole lot. It holds you up and it helps you to keep on going. And so we need to embrace this piece right here and, and all of these others. You know, Bible study certainly helps uh, the love and just, you know, being able to fellowship one with another, it makes a difference and it helps us in our, in our journey. And so I thought I'd uh, touch on that, too. So but as we move along, next passage, verse nine, he says here, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings which I just spoke about, of being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world, which brings us to our fifth defense against the devil, which is standing firm, resist the devil. So Matthew seven twenty four gives an example. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And so if we hear his word and we can, and we can do his will, uh, continue in his will, we are considered wise, okay? 
And so, um, you know, as Peter is closing in this letter, he's, 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 he's uh, making a comment here uh, to his readers and about his readers who are spread out. Um, and basically, he's, he's encouraging them to be faithful in whatever they're going through. And the goal is to be faithful until the revealing of Jesus Christ, which is in verse 7. Uh, but turn over to James chapter 4, if you will. And if you beat me, go ahead and give me a hand. James 4 and verse 7. I got it. And there it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. And so, you know, just as we stated earlier, the devil is relentless. He's going to always be coming. And so if he's always coming, guess what we have to be doing? Always resisting. And just as we go to, you know, uh, uh, go to the gym, we do our walks, we eat healthy, we try to get a lot of rest so that we can be as healthy and strong as possible. Well, to, so that we can stay up and upright and, and, and keep moving and everything. Well, you got to do the same thing so you can be ready for him because he's always coming. The moment that you think that you can rest, boom, there he is. OK, so keep that in mind. And. Um, He's by drawing nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That's a very good point there, Sister Island. Because basically what that says to us is, if, if we will take a step to him, he'll take a couple of steps to us. And at some point, we're going to come into contact with him, with his word, and it's going to strengthen us and it's going to give us the very thing that we need to continue uh, on this journey. Uh, because I, I'll tell you, some of the things that he will throw at you can knock you down, will knock you down. OK, and that's exactly what he wants. You know, I can recall the passage over there in the book of Luke. What Jesus says to Peter. Simon, Simon, the devil wishes to sift you as wheat. And basically what he's talking about is, listen, the devil wants to shake you so hard with whatever he throws at you that it would shake your faith and you would turn away from God and back to, to the world. And I'm going to tell you this, just as I just stated a minute ago, there are some, there's going to be some times when it will challenge you. It will make it easy for you to say, you know, and, and, and you, you, you experience it when you talk to people and you tell them about the goodness of God and they'll respond with stuff like, well, if he's so good, why did he let this happen? Or if he's so good, why did he take my such and such? He'll shake your faith and cause you to turn back if you're not careful. And so, but then Jesus comes back and he says, yeah, but he's prayed for you. And he's prayed for us. He, he's letting us know, 
that you know what? Yeah, he's going to come at you hard, but guess what? I'm praying for you. And then when you are renewed, when you are strengthened, after you've gone through this, that I'm going to either allow you to go through or because you brought something on yourself afterwards, strengthen your brother. Okay? And so just keep that in mind. And I got to keep moving. I got a couple other things I want to say on that, but time says otherwise. Okay? So resisting, firming your faith, it's impossible to stand firm when we're standing on a foundation of sand. Superficial religion, worldliness, materialism, selfishness, etc. Unless Jesus is your foundation, Satan will devour you. Another quote from this uh, uh, Glenn Newton. But if we get caught up in worldliness and selfishness, and, and it's more important to for me to exalt me and lift me up because of my position, my title, whatever, then you know what? We're not on a firm foundation, okay? And when you consider the things that the Lord has promised us, uh, one of them is strengthening, not only strengthening us, but strengthening our foundation, okay? So keep that in mind, and I'm going to keep moving because that was one. Yes, sir. Ooh, good point. Because God's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So we know then who moved. Yes. Yes. Okay, so verse 10 isn't up there, but I'm, I'm, on, I'm reading 10 anyway. Because here he says, um, well, let me get back there again. I, see, I jump around on this little old, on the phone, and it, it don't help me out much sometimes. But in verse 10, but the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory. There's that calling again. We talked about it earlier. The phone rang. We picked it up. We decided we would give our lives to Christ. We immersed ourselves in his name. And so now we are in this. And our goal is that we end it to the, to the end. Okay. And it, go, it goes on, called us until his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Okay? And so, somewhere in my notes, I got that. And so, watch this. He starts off with something that jumps out at me right away. The word after. That, that, what does that say to us? Well, that says to us, hey, we're going to go through something. We are going to go through something. And, he's, and now what he's letting us know is after you have gone through whatever you're going to go through, whether you brought it on yourself or whether I allowed it. Afterwards, here's the things you can expect. You can expect to be perfected. Okay. Made complete or whole through your experience of suffering and trials, becoming spiritually mature and steadfast. So there's a purpose in the suffering, okay? Then he says you'll be established. That simply means that you will be strengthened. 
And then settled is the piece I just mentioned a minute ago. Not only will you be strengthened, but the foundation on which you stand will be strengthened. Okay. And then um, this talks about a transformation. And so just as we all will go through some stuff and gold has to go through fire. There's a purpose. And so think about that gold in its production. As it's going through that fire, the impurities are being burned off through the heat. The same is occurring with us. As we go through suffering, certain sufferings that we bring on ourselves, certain sufferings that the Lord allows us to go through to the rejection and all of the things that we've been talking about over the course of this uh, lesson. As we go through it, something has to die. And that something is whatever's in us that's hindering us to make us better, to bring us closer to God, and to develop us to be individuals. Because now when we encounter other people that's going through things, we can be a hand up. And we can help them, pull them through the fires that they may be going through as well. So, you know, I'm not going to ask for this one again, ever. But I understand it more perfectly. And I'm truly thankful to God for it. And so hopefully it's encouraging to you as it has been for me. And so we're going to keep on. I I think this one is the last one. Our priorities reveal a great deal about our understanding of God. The devil, who we are, and where we consider home. And so that's the final bell there. But I want you to consider home. Consider the things that we have to go through. And always, always, always do the best to stay faithful. Is that all right? Amen. Okay, that concludes today. Uh, last lesson in this uh, lesson will be next week, and we'll be looking at, uh, we'll be making a change. We'll be going back, I think, to First Peter 2 for the last week. Thank you.